team and think we're going to dismiss the children and let them slip out. We just appreciate Candace and Martha for all the work they do with children. Everybody say we love y'all. <laughs> Amen. Oh, glory. And uh, I need to just go ahead. I, we uh, Last week had three days of vacation Bible school. And that's kind of like having either an explosion or, or a tidal wave. Whichever way you want to look at that. But you all know it was awesome. It was just a blessing. I... I and I don't mean this disparagingly. I, I really think, you know, we had six children, both nights, answered the call for salvation. And I said, well, you know what? I don't care if they come a hundred times. One of them's going to take. <laughs> Amen? But seriously, I mean, you know, God just did some powerful things. It was good. It was just a blessing. And... Uh, I, I guess I could have everybody who was part of it stand, and, and then that'd be nearly all of you, but just, everybody just give them all a hand. Amen? You know who you are. Give yourself a hand. You, did, and it, you, you just did an awesome job. Amen? And uh, I think I wrote down somewhere the offerings that came in. Of course, they're going to go to BGMC, and that'll help us with our annual goal but uh, BGMC offerings out of Vacation Bible School were $43.79. And uh, that just helps us get there. Amen? Amen? Well, you need this, and if you don't, I do. Hold your Bible up. E-version or tree version means on your phone or paper. Say this with me. This is my Bible. It's God's holy word. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. So I boldly confess. My mind is renewed. My body is healed. I'm saved by God's grace. And live by His Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message this morning is what if what if hmm have you ever gone through that mental gymnastics of what if what if I'd married someone else what if I'd entered a different career field what if I would have moved to a different city and you know, you could go on and on and on. In our world today, there is a huge what if. What if we really are entering into the end times? What Jesus called in Matthew 24 the time of sorrow or beginning of sorrows. <laughs> what, what if we're really right? Hmm. What if Jesus really is about to return? 
And you know, I watch, and unless you're on another planet, or absolutely do not pay attention to anything, and you think Ronald Reagan is still president, uh, you know, our moral fabric is deteriorating, our world is being torn apart in, in ways that just doesn't seem to make any sense. You know, and that leads, what if? What if wokeism fully takes over? What if it were to become illegal to attend church? Or at least one like this that preaches the Bible. What if you were arrested? What if you were even beaten? And your only crime was the fact that you preached the gospel. You shared the gospel. Well, in Acts chapter 16, I believe that God reveals to us through the life of the Apostle Paul what happened with him because all of that really was going on with him. Wokeism isn't new, y'all. It's just a euphemism for old paganism. And the world is becoming more and more pagan and demonic. As people turn away from God, there is no such thing as neutral ground. There is no such thing as a vacuum. If God is removed from society, then that means that something else comes in. And Acts chapter 16 shares with us a little bit of what goes on and what went on in the life of Paul. And from that, I believe God sets it up for us so that we have something that we can apply right now to today in 2023. Y'all believe it is 2023? Seems like it's yesterday. It was Y2K. Okay. So let's kind of set this up. What was going on? What led to where we're going to go in just a moment in Acts chapter 16? Paul, which is his Greek name, because he was a Roman citizen. His Hebrew name is Saul. Scripturally, they call him Saul of Tarsus. If you're not real familiar with him, Saul of Tarsus was being groomed really to take over the Sanhedrin, which was the Hebrew ruling body under the Roman government. And he basically was the one that was so zealous. Uh, he, we, we, we hear about on the news, we read about the Islamic zeal that they have in their religious ideology. Saul had that same kind of zeal. And yes, it was supposed to be towards the true God but it really wasn't it was just in his own works and in the things that he could accomplish and had accomplished and so he was being groomed he was attacking those who were becoming Christians until he got to the road to Damascus and God knocked him to the ground blinded him and he had his life totally turned upside down and the man was saved then healed and sent out by God. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the Spirit of God actually in a church service, who knows, maybe a lot like this one, maybe not quite like this one, probably patterned more like a Hebrew service. But the Spirit of God began to move, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Paul and Barnabas were called to go out into the mission field 
And they went once and then they came back and they, they had seen people saved and healed and delivered. And then after some period of time, I'm, I'm leading up to Acts chapter 16. And, and after a period of time, well then Paul and Barnabas began to plan a second missionary trip. And Barnabas wanted to take John Mark. And yes, that's the same Mark that wrote the Gospel of Mark. And he wanted to take Mark and he... Uh, he, he, he thought, you know, it'd be great because Barnabas was just a kind person and Paul was more of a class A personality. And so they, well, John Mark on that first missionary trip, he, I don't, the Bible doesn't tell you what happened. You know, isn't it interesting that there's some things the Bible just does not tell you? You know, it doesn't tell you whether, you know, the chicken or the egg came first. Well, I think it does. But anyway, uh, the whole point is this. Since Mark had bailed on them on that first trip and gone home, we don't know if it just got too difficult for him, but who knows? Paul didn't want him to come. Now, let me help you with a little bit of theology. Christians can disagree on some things and still be Christ-like and still be Christian. Matter of fact, you can part ways and still be Christian. It's just some personalities don't like each other. It doesn't mean that you don't get along. I don't think Paul and Barnabas were mad at each other. The Bible doesn't say that. It just says they disagreed. But you know what? God used a simple disagreement. It wasn't, no, it wasn't a church split. They just disagreed. And because they disagreed, you know what God did? God said, okay, this is cool. We'll just have two missionary teams go out. And that's what they did. But the Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about what Barnabas does. For one of these days, maybe we'll do some research and find out what history tells us of what we can learn about Barnabas. But for right now, Barnabas and Mark go one way. Paul takes Silas. And actually Luke is with them and I think some others as well. But mostly it's Paul and Silas that are mentioned. And this is where Acts chapter 16 picks up. And I think you've got that. It's in the New Living Translation, Acts 16, 6 through 10. Have we got that, Quincy? Yeah. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had told them not to go into the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the border of Mysia, they headed for the province of Bithynia. Again, the Spirit of Jesus did not let them go. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the city of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. He saw a man from Macedonia in northern Greece pleading with him, come over here and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, for we could only conclude that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Wow. This is where it opens up for us. Now, that's not the very beginning. It starts in verse 6 of, of Acts chapter 16. But this is where this narrative really picks up. And God is directing them. 
And one of the most awesome things you can pick out of this, you know, trying to think of how I want to start this, but y'all, Paul was not sitting at home. God had, you know, they'd wanted to go on a mission trip. Actually, Paul, and Scripture tells you that, he wanted to go to Asia. And for some reason, and God knows the reasons, but it wasn't time for that yet. And God was saying, no, I want you to go this different direction. But Paul was moving. Paul was already headed to where he would have launched off and, and then eventually gone on up into Asia. And then the Holy Spirit gave him a vision of a man in Greece. It's what we call that country now. In Macedonia. And he said, come and help us. And the thing that the Lord spoke to me on this was is. You know, we need to be sensitive enough for the Holy Spirit to be able to lead us. But there's also a little interesting side note into that. You've got to be going somewhere for God to direct you. I said many, many times, God does not direct non-moving traffic. If you're sitting at home... Sitting on the couch watching as the stomach turns. Are you watching the super dumbbell or whatever in the world it is? As they kick around a ball of hot air. I call that sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with sports, but some, if you make a God out of it, the God of the bouncing ball won't do anything for you. But you, you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we need to be doing something. I don't know how many times I've said in my life, you know, and in ministry, do something lest you do nothing. I mean, I guarantee you, you know, uh, most people, you know, they aim at nothing and hit it every time. Amen? At least you got to be aiming for something. Shooting for something. Going somewhere. Doing something. Amen? And so here's, you know, here's Paul, and, and he's, he's, he's headed for Asia. That's where he wants to go. And, and God just stops him and said, I'm going to redirect you. I'm going to turn you in a different direction. And we really do need to be in a place where God can direct us, where we're able to hear the voice of God. Well, how do you hear the voice of God? Well, you know, God will lead you. But the number one way He's going to lead you is through His written Word. Amen? You know, people all, I, I don't know how many times over my life I've heard people say, well, you know, I just, I don't ever hear God. I, I don't know why God says, but then in another conversation, you'll hear them say something like, well, you know, the devil's been telling me all day long how bad that was and how bad it's going to get. And I'm going to, let me, let me understand this. You can hear the devil, but not God. I think you tuned in to the wrong radio station. Amen. You know. We need to be praying daily. We need to be reading the Bible daily. We need to attend church daily. <laughs> well, maybe not daily. Sometimes I think we need to. But you know what? There, there, there's things that, you know, there, God will lead us if we let Him. Hmm. 
And you know what? If you're sensitive enough, God will even lead you in little things. He'll tell you, I need you to go to Walmart this morning. There's somebody there I want you to meet. I remember when we were in missions that we heard one testimony of how a woman in a certain Islamic nation, she began to just seek. And she didn't know what she was even really seeking for, but Jesus literally appeared to her. And actually, we've heard multiple testimonies of Jesus appearing to people in Islamic nations. But Jesus appeared to her and began to share with her <clears throat> the exact same things that are written in the gospel. But he began to share with her the way of salvation and what the gospel was. And finally, one day, Jesus told her, he said, I want you to go into this, this town that's close to you and you're going to find this other lady and she'll be on this street and she'll be dressed this way. You know, I kind of remind you of that story in Scripture where Jesus told His disciples, you know, go and you'll find this certain person and they'll lead you and it's where they got the donkey that He rode into Jerusalem on. But she went, she found the lady and in those countries, even if somebody walks up to you and says, Oh, I believe maybe you're one of those believers in Jesus. You don't just go, well, glory to God. Let me just invite you over to First Assembly with me. You know, and, and uh, come to my house. We have Bible studies on Tuesday night. No, you don't do that because they might be the secret police and they might just shoot you or do something else, whatever they're going to do, throw you in prison. And But the lady that the Lord had been appearing to the more she shared with the other lady, she knew she had to have had an experience with Jesus. And she knew it was safe to take her in to the, the church. Y'all, God will lead you. Heard another missionary that was driving down a mountain road, and I mean, it was one of those hairpin curves. And actually, he was driving up. And uh, as he was driving, the Holy Spirit just said, Move over. So he just moved into the opposite lane. And as he did, a truck that was out of control careened past him in his lane. And if he just stayed in the lane he was supposed to be in, they'd have hit head on. How many of you know we need to be sensitive to God? Amen? <laughs> it pays to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to read just a little piece of this. Uh, I, I'm not sure what I've got on the, the overhead, Quincy, but I'm just going to read a little piece of this. It starts in Acts 16, 16, but it goes through 24, but I'm not going to read all those verses. I'm just going to start off, Acts 16 starts off one day as we were going down to the place of prayer. And then I'm skipping a whole lot. And it says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet to the stocks. Now I didn't read all of that. So let me just kind of set the story for you instead of having to read all of it. 
Paul and Silas had been, the mission team had been going to the river where there were certain people, women, that had been worshiping the true God, Jehovah. They didn't really know anything about Jesus that much. And they were, of course, sharing the gospel with them. And several days this, this transpired, took place, doesn't tell you exactly how many. But at some point, a young slave, young woman, girl it says, probably a young woman, who was demon-possessed, and that demon was able to, we would call it either tell fortunes or give people their future or, or try to bring good luck, whatever way you want to do that. But it was demonic. It was satanic. And people would pay the, the men that owned her for this service that she would tell them their fortune or whatever it was. And uh, they made a lot of money off of it. And so she began to follow Paul and Silas, crying out loudly, these are servants of the Most High God that bring unto us and tell us the way of salvation. And she did it for several days. And I don't think she was doing that in an honoring sense. I think it was done mockingly. I think it was done in, in a very... Well, I think there just would have been evil undertones to the whole thing. If you kind of just get a picture of that in your mind. And it really was not anything that would be a blessing. And, and so, after several days of this, I think the Spirit of God just rose up inside of Paul and he turned around and he just commanded that demon to come out of her. And it did, which immediately stopped the money machine that those men had with her. And, you know, it's interesting. If you mess with their money, they get mad. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> and so this is where it picks up and says that then they arrested them. And not only arrested them, they beat them. And after they got through with them being beaten, they had them thrown into prison. And just to make it even worse, not in jail, but I mean, they threw them in there and and and, and put their feet in stocks. Those you know, just things that hold your, your feet so you can't really move, you can't do anything. So their backs are bleeding, they're hurting, they're in pain. Can you imagine what that would have been like? I, I mean... One Sunday morning you go to church and somebody gets saved and because they get saved you get arrested the next day or that evening. And maybe you get beat up on the way to the police station. Doesn't sound like a good day, does it? Y'all, what if those kind of things began to transpire? What would we do? How would we react? What what would we feel like? If, I know it's good you got I'm just preaching the gospel. 
I didn't rob anybody. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't break anybody. But now all of a sudden, my back's hurt. So here I am, I'm Paul. Let's see, I need to fall in tears if I can get a kid. You're going to be Silas. Silas? Yeah, you're Silas. Okay. Okay, so you, you're going to sit right here with me. Yes, sir. And you and me just got thrown in prison. I'll be there. <laughs> Except this time you feed her in spots. Hold the name. Been shackled? Yeah. You're in the house. Your back is bleeding. You're hurting. You're hungry. You're hungry all the time. You're always hungry. <laughs> and here we are, we're sitting there, and no, I'd probably say something to you like, Silas, you know, I, I understand, I know you just said that, you know, yes sir, I, I know you just said that, you know, why would they do this, why would this happen, here we are serving God, and, and because we're serving God, we, we get beaten. They wouldn't listen to us, try to tell them we're Roman citizens, this is illegal. They, they, they don't listen to stuff like that. But Silas, you, you've got to have a better attitude. I mean, God's going to do something good out of this. With that. Probably see what they want. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to have a good attitude. I've been there. I mean, I'm just trying to, yeah. I just, you know. When you're, on yeah. map, when you're on maps, all this stuff, we're, you know, we're, we're being in the fight and stuff. And they, uh, and you're just sitting there and trying to figure out, trying to cipher that. Oh, well, that's not. Yes. I'm on So, you know, here we are. Silas, I know what we need to do. Yes, sir. Yeah. We're going to pray. Let's pray. We're, we're going to pray. And I don't know, Paul probably began to pray something he was saying like this. Okay. I'm not still in the stocks. And began to pray. And you know, the thing that interests me more than that, I don't think Paul, number one, I don't think by personality, Paul would have been a quiet kind of guy. From what I've studied, Paul was, like I said, a class A personality. He was a strong-willed person. He spoke seven languages. I mean, the man was phenomenal. But he was not one of these little soft-spoken kind of people. And I think when he began to pray, I think he began to pray. And I think he began to lift up those that beat them. Because the Bible says, pray for those that despitefully use and persecute you. I think he began to quote scripture. I think he began to say, God, you know, I know that you don't hate these people. We don't hate these people. And he was being loud as he said. That's it. And then they began to sing. And I don't really know what they sang. Maybe he began to sing something they could go. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. 
just said, oh, well, have a great, you know, and now everybody just be still, and we're going to sit here with the table. And I said, Lord, how come they're all still there? And the Holy Spirit spoke this to me. That wasn't an actual word. For the first time in those people's lives, and probably most of them, could have all been men. There's a whole other sideline to that. I mean, it was just women. It was the river praying. And men in there also. You know, the women keep things afloat till the men finally get together. But now look where God's living. He's got a whole bunch of men, ex prisoners, <laughs> in one jail. But they're all there because they're in prison. They're in the presence of God. There's something about being in His presence. What if we get in His presence? What if His presence shakes our life and shakes everything in our life until finally it just, everything that held us in bondage, everything that held us down. Hmm. Now we got some testimonies in here of people that have abused substances. People who've had things that just bound them. And you know what? God set them free. And when you're set free, you're free indeed. Who the Son has set free. Can you say amen? amen. So you know, what if we get in His presence? What, what if we just stay in His presence? You know, there, there's nothing wrong with, with preparing for stuff. Matter of fact, I would encourage people, you know, you need to have more than three days worth of food in your house. You know, you, you need to have, you know, be prepared. What if you had a storm? What if you have blackouts and, and your electricity goes off? What, what if, you know, where there's another one of these pandemics, uh, whatever it's called, bandwidth. <laughs> what, what, what if those things happen? And there's a lockdown. You can't get out. You can't even get to a grocery store. It, it's wise to have you know, things and you know, all like that. But you know what? The greatest thing you can have is the presence of God. The greatest thing you can have is just you know, have your heart where it needs to be. Whatever storm we might face, could be applied to where Paul and Silas were. The earthquake came, the bondage was broken. The other thing, if you do a little bit of study, start out, 
Paul wanted to go to Asia. God said no. So he shifted them and they wound up to Macedonia, which is modern day Greece. Interesting, from the Middle East, Jerusalem, to Greece. Why in the world would God do that? If you ever want to, just, just when you go home, what is it, Google now is a verb. Google the, the country of Macedonia, the biblical location. Look at where it is in Europe. And realize Philippi of Macedonia was where he went. And it might do you good to go back and reread the letter that he wrote up. We call that the book of Philippians in our New Testament. And see what all he's saying to them. But do you realize that God orchestrated that entire thing. And from a group of women at the river to a bunch of prisoners, Satan thought he was tearing up something. And really what he was doing was opening a door. Because a church started in Philippi. And from that church, the gospel of Jesus Christ spread all through Greece, all up through Europe. And do you realize eventually because of this, in Acts chapter 16, the gospel spread to America, to that new world that was all the way across the ocean. Y'all, God can take something that seems so little, so insignificant, so, you know, what if we wind up facing persecution? Well, what if God uses it to do something that like a, the greatest end time move of God that ever took place? That'd be a what if, wouldn't it? What if it started in little old Purdy, Missouri that nobody ever knew anything about? And then spread from Purdy, Missouri all the way through the rest of the country. What if? What if we're so yielded to God we could be eat of God? Why don't you stand with me if you would? I've said multiple times and I'm going to keep saying it because that's what God's shown me. You are a foundation. It's kind of like when God looked at Gideon and said, Oh, thou mighty man of valor. And you kind of hear it in the narrative. Gideon is going, Who are you talking to, God? I, <laughs> it's not, couldn't, couldn't be me. But it was. And God mightily used him. And you may look at yourself and go, I don't feel like a mighty person of valor, man or woman. But you are. And you may not feel like a foundation to a church, but you are. And God's going to use you and because of things you will do. I mean, you're, you're the 
you're going to be Sunday school teachers and you're going to be ushers and you're going to be uh, prayer warriors and you're going to be children's workers and some of you are going to minister in one direction, some in others. Eventually, we're going to have to have people patrolling so we can make sure we get all the cars parked somewhere. Oh, pastor. What if God does do that? And what if a revival starts right here? What if today every one of us recommits our life to Christ? Whether it's today or the next service, what if we're all filled with the Holy Spirit and God sends us out as firebrands? Because that's what God wants to do. I want to invite you this morning. Because what if all of us just come and gather into this altar and spend some time saying, Lord, Lord, I surrender myself. Persecution was to come if you're not already committed. You may not be in a position to do that. Thank mm-hmm. you.